This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, one of the amazing things here at the Wharton School is to see the number of students that go to school here from other countries. And now that has been made a bit easier by a $10 million gift presented to the school by technology investor and founder of DST Global, Yuri Milner, and his wife, Julia. The couple have donated the money towards the education of MBA students coming from Israel. Mr. Milner is a Wharton alumnus, and his generosity through the Friends of Israel Fund will allow over 60 students over the next decade to go through the two-year MBA program. And it's a pleasure to welcome Yuri to our show. So, Yuri, let me start with the impetus behind making this gift to Wharton. What was it that was the driver for you? Well, um... I was very fortunate to have an opportunity to be the first uh, working student from behind the Iron Curtain in uh, 1990. And uh, I was um, given this opportunity uh, through a uh, very fortunate set of circumstances. And uh, this really made it possible for me to... uh, to completely change uh, my career and uh, uh, get involved in uh, business. So I uh, also historically had a uh, deep connection to Israel, and uh, this was really a chance for me to connect uh, two important places in my life, uh, in one uh, donation. So for, for you, having been here at Wharton, and as you said, coming from another part of the world, I would imagine offering those types of opportunities to students outside the U.S. is something that's very important to you. Um, yes. Uh, Wharton historically have been a very international school, even in my days. Uh, I had a chance to be exposed to students from around the world, and um, and this was extremely valuable exposure for me. And I hope that uh, this gift will enable more international uh, presence at Wharton, uh, and uh, you know, bring additional angle uh, to all students, uh, including domestic. Well, as you mentioned uh, about Israel, the the component about Israel that has been interesting to watch for me is how it has really become a great area for tech startups in in the last several years. And, And if you can, kind of compare what you're seeing going on in Israel in the tech sector and compare it with what we've seen, obviously, here in the United States with Silicon Valley. Well... Um, Israel is sometimes called uh, a startup nation, uh, and uh, rightly so. Um, uh, I myself had a chance to build uh, a uh, business, uh, although not uh, uh, exactly in Israel. But um, I also uh, was fortunate to have uh, lived in Silicon Valley for, for a long time. And uh, what, um, and also travel the world really, uh, investing in various uh, internet companies. 
And um, I can really certify to the fact that uh, Israel is next uh, maybe only to um, United States and China um, as far as the uh, tech entrepreneurship is, is concerned. And um, this is uh, even more striking, uh, taking into account that it's really a small country mm-hmm. with just a few million uh, inhabitants. Uh, now, I think there are a number of uh, differences and similarities to the Silicon Valley. Um, so the first one is that... Um, both in Silicon Valley and in Israel, uh, any entrepreneur who starts the business, uh, he or she really thinks uh, globally right away. And uh, for different reasons, though. In Silicon Valley, because English is such a dominant language globally, it's very easy to expand outside of, um, outside of uh, uh, United States. Now, in Israel, on the other hand, language is not a competitive advantage, but uh, because the country is so small and domestic market is really not enough to build mm-hmm. a big business, uh, Israeli entrepreneurs are compelled to think globally from uh, get-go. You've obviously had a lot of success in, in the investment landscape, and I'd be interested to know if if there is a strategy that you've been able to develop over the over the course of your time in, in this in this business? Well, uh, the strategy is as simple and complicated at the same time. It's definitely simple to explain, um, but difficult to execute. Uh, and uh, the way I would explain it is uh, to say that we really focused a lot on founders and personality of founders. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many aspects to uh, uh, making an investment decision in any business, and uh, different people focus on different things. Uh, But we uh, always prioritize uh, the founder and uh, trying to understand founders' motivations, uh, where they're coming from, um, and uh, uh, how do they live their lives, uh, and things like that. So, So I think knowing and understanding the founders was uh, really something that uh, maybe set us aside a little bit from um, other investors. Of course, we also use spreadsheets and uh, different quantitative methods. Yeah. But I think this is this qualitative element that maybe uh, is a bit different. It seems like in reading about you and, and, and seeing some of the uh, the the startups and companies that you've invested in, science is a is an important component for you, and even maybe more so, uh, space, uh, outer space is a component that you are very interested in. Yes, uh, well, um, it is um, um, as much as it is uh, an investment focus. I think it's a much bigger uh, focus on nonprofit uh, activity. Um, for example, uh, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, alongside some of the partners like uh, the founder of Facebook um, and the founder of Google, we launched a uh, breakthrough prize, which is the biggest science prize in the world, sort of like uh, uh, 
a uh, sometimes people compare it to Nobel Prize. Uh-huh. Um, um, so this is uh, really an attempt uh, for uh, by us, the founders, to celebrate scientific achievement um, because we realize that uh, we celebrate many other things that are also important for the existence of our civilization, but science is often neglected, uh, and yet it plays uh, such an important role in um, everything that we see around us. Um, So this was the motivation for the uh, Breakthrough Prize, to create a platform for scientists uh, to become celebrities of sorts and to be celebrated uh, on par with uh, maybe athletes and performers. And then uh, uh, if we talk about space, then I would mention a project called the Starshot, which is uh, probably the most uh, serious attempt ever to develop a technology to travel not just between planets and our solar system, but also um, travel to other stars. So I think it's a much more... Uh, complicated endeavor than uh, anything that uh, we uh, have developed so far. And uh, it really requires completely different uh, technologies uh, and approaches to, um, to enable interstellar travel. It does seem, though, Yuri, that there is just this incredible, it's almost like a new space race that is developing amongst all of the different companies that have an interest to be you know, uh, moving and and pushing to, to different planets in outer space as we move down the road? Well, uh, as much as it seems as a competition, I think uh, it's a small number of players right now. And uh, the space is so big, you know, both uh, factually and figuratively. Um, and... Um, I don't think anybody is feeling uh, that there is uh, any significant competition going on right now. I think you can probably name all initiatives uh, using uh, uh, fingers on one of your hands. So so I think um, I would really like uh, to see more uh, initiatives and more ventures in the space uh, because... uh, You know, whatever we uh, do on our planet, eventually it's just not going to be enough uh, for our civilization. And we will have to venture uh, from the planet and, uh, you know, possibly populate uh, uh, other parts of of the universe. So do do you believe then and that AI will play a significant role in kind of getting to those to those uh, to those levels? Yes, I think that uh, humans are unlikely to travel uh, very far from our planet, maybe as far as Mars is possible, but uh, really not very much beyond that because we are genetically not been uh, built for, um, for space travel and even less so to live on other planets. Uh, so I think it will have uh, to really be some sort of robotic uh, missions 
um, and elements that would go beyond Mars and uh, hopefully will uh, populate the outer space. I understand, Yuri, that when you were at, at Wharton, uh, Elon Musk was also there a, as well. And I'd love to get your thoughts on, on him both as a student back then, but obviously the, the success that he's, uh, he's having with Tesla and, and SpaceX and all of his other companies. Yes, I actually admire what he has done already and what he, uh, he is doing and what he is aspiring to do. We did not have a chance to connect at Wharton um, since I understand that he was in the undergraduate program while I was in the graduate program. Mm -hmm. But we were able to connect in the last few years, and uh, I, uh, I really admire his ambition to uh, uh, go beyond our planet and, uh, and, um, and populate uh, Mars. Uh, but equally, I admire his other initiatives uh, including uh, the ones that uh, tackle life sciences as far as artificial intelligence. Let me ask you one final question, if I can, Yuri. Obviously, this year around the world has been a, a very trying one for so many people because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. I'm wondering if, if what has occurred this year has made you rethink any of your, your business processes, your thought process about investing, and, and maybe where we might be headed in the future? Well, um, you know, this, uh, this is a complicated question because on one hand, you see so much suffering and uh, a lot of disruption, including in human lives, and uh, so much displacement uh, and forced unemployment. Uh, on the other hand, you see this uh, much accelerated success of some of the technology companies that uh, enable uh, different types of uh, business models that uh, don't really require uh, the world functioning the way it used to function. So, so I, I see those two sides of the coin and uh, and uh, and I hope that when things normalize, we will continue to uh, rehab the benefits of some of these new technologies that have been developed in the last few years, but at the same time, normalizing the offline business environment and uh, still allowing um, all these uh, uh, non-technology jobs to come back. Yuri, thank you very much for your time. And again, uh, thank you again for your support of the Wharton School and all the best to you, sir. Thank you. Yuri Milner, founder of DST Global. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.